That was Remembrance from Lux et Veritas from the recent album by Will Todd. And I'm pleased to say that Will is here with us today for the Signum Records podcast. Will, welcome. Good morning. Thanks for coming in and talking to us. Um, that recent recording, Will, Lux et Veritas, was very highly acclaimed. It was number three, I believe, in Classic FM's album of the year. The album features Tenebrae and the English Chamber Orchestra. How much difference, Will, does it make to record with artists of such a high calibre? It's brilliant. I mean, um, we did the first disc, The Call of Wisdom, with Tenebrae and English Chamber Orchestra, and that was an amazing experience. Um, As you say, really gifted artists who take on board the music and they make the music become more. They find all the lovely things in the music for you. Because when you write a song, a piece of choral music, Um, you have an idea in your head, you have a vision of something beautiful and elegant and lyrical. Um, And when you hand that over to the singers and the orchestra, what you want is for them to kind of run with that, Mm -hmm. take that lyricism and those ideas and find hopefully more stuff, more beauty. Mm. Uh, And they really do that. You know, Nigel is so good at finding the, the essence of the songs. Yeah, lovely. Lovely. You recently returned from uh, your first tour of the United States. Um, What was the main purpose of your trip and um, what were the main highlights for you? Well, it's been a a brilliant trip in the US and I was invited there by a series of choirs. I actually visited uh, nine different choirs in the whole geography of the States from east to west and the middle and the south. Um, And these are choirs who in the past have uh, got to know my music uh, through a variety of um, pieces. Mass in Blue, which is becoming popular in the US. Also the Call of Wisdom uh, disc and the Call of Wisdom anthem specifically. So I was doing concerts with uh, high schools, um, university choirs, um, did an amazing concert down in Nashville with Belmont University uh, with their students down there. Um, and also with church community choirs as well. So it was primarily to uh, visit those choirs, to promote the music, um, and I got to know all sorts of things about how choral music operates in the US. Fantastic. And um, what what did you find was the main difference, you know, uh, between uh, working with a choir um, in the United States as opposed to working with someone in uh, in the UK? In some ways, no differences at all, in the sense that uh, the shared ground is people being very passionate about singing. And of course, that's if you're a choral composer, that's just a joyous thing to be amongst people who get together week by week because they love singing. And obviously that happens in the in the UK just as much as it happens um, in the US. Uh, I think there's some very organised groups of people there. I I think the... um, there's there's definitely a you know a very passionate choral thread in the US and what's different particularly is of course in the UK uh, everyone's used to the concept of UK choral music but when I'm in the US um, US people are very excited about UK choral music so you suddenly find yourself being an ambassador for all of our choral music um, in the UK. And whilst there are you know, amazing choral composers um, in the US, I was very gratified that um, people, singers in the US, seem to still love the repertoire that comes out of the UK. That's great to hear. So hopefully they'll be uh, inviting you back for a further tour? 
It was great, uh, the enthusiasm that I had. In fact, one choir has already invited me back and several of the choirs that I've worked with um, want to commission music. So uh, in terms of promoting my music and getting to know other choral musicians over there, it was a great, great trip. And the ACDA, I believe, have invited you? I'm going to be part of the ACDA conference in February in Salt Lake City, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I've been commissioned for that occasion to write a work for one of the honour choirs. Fantastic. Um, commissioned by a conductor called Elena Sharkova, who conducts one of the choirs I visited. And I've written a new glorious setting for her honour choir. And they're also going to be singing the Call of Wisdom. So it's going to be very exciting. ACDA, if you don't know, is the huge um, Pan-American choral uh, convention mm -hmm. that takes place biannually. Um, and I think they have something like 10,000 delegates wow. at, at ACDA. So it's a huge forum for all choral music uh, in the US. Um, but clearly for me, as a, you know, as a promoter of my music, being right. there is going to be great. Absolutely. That's, that sounds fantastic. Um, I think you mentioned it earlier, uh, Will, your, um, your popular mass in blue, um, in addition to uh, the choir, is, uh, is uh, centred around the, your jazz trio. Um, must, must take a slightly different approach to composing for those sorts of forces. Um. Well, I mean, I've, I've always played jazz and blues since I first played music. In fact, the earliest thing I did on the piano was the blues. So before I even thought about writing choral music, I was doing sort of 12-bar blues improvisation things on the piano. So as a composer, that, um, that strand uh, of music making is very sort of deep in the DNA for me. Um, but when I was asked to write Mass in Blue by David Temple and Hertfordshire Chorus back in 2003, um, it was an opportunity to blend together the choral side of what I do and the jazz side. So what you have in Mass in Blue is um, obviously written out choral parts that are set, that the choir learn, um, but underneath that, with the jazz trio playing, um, we are improvising and providing a kind of raucous energy underneath uh, what they do, which seems to go very well with choirs. Mm. And I think they have, like living on the edge. Sure. And do you have plans to um, compose for those sort of similar forces? Um, is, is, is there anything new coming up for that? For I'm writing uh, a short mass right now for Portsmouth Cathedral, which is going to be jazz trio and choir.
so that was the end of the Agnus Day from Will Todd's Mass in Blue. Um, Will, can you tell us about other commissions you've got coming up this year, 2015? Yeah, I've got uh, a lot of choral music that I'm writing. I'm writing works for uh, Newcastle Bach Choir. Uh, I'm writing a work for The Sixteen, which is being done uh, next year in 2016. Um, I've got uh, a variety of uh, smaller choral works and one of the big things I'm working on this year is the continued um, Alice in Wonderland project that I've been doing with Opera Holland Park Mm. because we've just made a a CD of that and uh, we've also got productions upcoming all the way through this year. Great. So So that's going to be busy. I mean, I love love working with theatre projects, um, but they're very time-consuming because every time you go into a new context, you have to kind of change Mm -hmm. the music. So, Will, you're clearly very busy composing and playing, but what are you up to when you're not doing that? Well, on the in the rare moments that aren't either uh, consumed by uh, trying to write music uh, or, as you say, perform it, um, or of course, uh, you know, I've got a family, so there's all those things that that need to happen with the kids uh, and um, putting out the bins, all these things that we do in our in our real lives, as it were, as opposed to our artistic lives. Um, you don't have someone to take the bins out for you, then? Not yet. Not no, you're yet. training the children. <laughs> training the children up. Yeah, definitely. No, I do actually. I do. I I I, I really enjoy. Uh, I'm not sure if they enjoy it, but um, I think they do enjoy it. Uh, you know, learning to do stuff. That's mm. that's quite a nice thing about being, being at a home. Being at home, yeah. um, training the children to do tasks that I don't want to do. But I do like uh, watching cricket. Mm-hmm. I love watching cricket, and I used to play cricket when I was a teenager. And before it got to the point where I had too many hand injuries, because mm-hmm. you get so many hand injuries with cricket, which is not good for piano playing. And my piano teacher used to go berserk when I would come back at the end of the weekend with my fingers sort of plastered up and plastered together, and trying to play Bach with sort of three fingers on one hand. Presumably, you use that as an excuse for not practicing. Or... It was a brilliant yeah, excuse. Yeah. yeah, saying you know I, I won the game with this spectacular catch, but sadly I wasn't able to practice because I bruised my. Your teacher didn't seem quite as uh, impressed by that as you. No, she's a lovely, lovely lady, Leslie Redfern, and I still know her, but but I was not an easy pupil. I'll tell you why, partly because um, I never practised the music she put in front of Mm. me because I was always doing jazz things or composing or extemporising or playing the blues. And I remember one time um, I was sort of in a practice room near where she, she was doing the lessons and I was doing a sort of 12-bar blues thing or, or composing. And I just remember her coming in, opening the door, and, and she was actually in tears because she was saying, you've got your grade 8 exam next week. Why won't you practice any of that music? And I felt so ashamed, hmm. you know, this poor woman um, desperately trying to get me to do my studies. But actually, you know, that for me, uh, composing-wise, was really the bedrock. That, that, that period of time as a teenager when I was... Um, I wasn't messing about actually at the piano. Mm, I was, yeah. you know, structuring these these pieces and composing. Um, so, but going back to what I do uh, in my um, spare time, not that there is any really, um, is I do like watching cricket, uh, and I'm very excited because this May I'm going to be going to Barbados to watch England play cricket in the Caribbean, which is just going to be amazing. Um, we have a connection with Rainbow Trust who support families um, with uh, ill children um, and we have a personal connection because our daughter has been 
on and off very ill uh, in the past five years. And Rainbow have been an amazing uh, supporting charity mm. for us. So um, we we try and raise money for them in all sorts of ways. We raise money at concerts. Um, and I'm pleased to say many of the choirs and choral societies that we work with have really taken this to heart and um, dedicating collections at their Christmas events uh, to to that, which is wonderful. But this, this summer in May, um, May the 10th, we're doing a Come and Sing Mass in Blue at St John Smith Square. Oh, brilliant. So we're hoping to have over 500 singers Gosh. doing Mass in Blue, which is going to be amazing. And Will, your musical tastes just... Uh I'm sure people would be interested to know, um, what would be the one piece of music you'd take to your desert island? This will surprise people. If I had to take only one uh, piece of um, music to my desert island, it would be from the Who's album Quadrophenia, and it would be the opening track, Can You See the Real Me? 2012, Will, saw your highest profile commission to date with Queen Elizabeth's Diamond Jubilee celebrations. Your Call of Wisdom was performed at St Paul's Cathedral in London in front of an audience of millions. That must have been a very memorable day. That was amazing. That was a really amazing day. It was an amazing uh, event to be a part of and a huge, huge honour for me to be asked to write a piece for that service that was broadcast all over the world. Mm. And I remember on the morning of that um, service, I remember waking up thinking, this is an amazing day. enjoy every minute of this day because as an aspiring choral uh, composer from my earliest uh, times of, of wanting to do that, you know, uh, the idea of having a piece performed at such a high-profile event, mm. um, this is the stuff you dream of. And it was amazing. You know, the choir who sang on that occasion, the youth choir that had come from all over the UK, the Diamond Choir, uh, singing for the Queen, singing my music, and they, they sang it so beautifully. And a thing I was particularly gratified about with that piece was that I was very sure when I was working on the piece that th- whatever the song was, it had to be a platform for those young people to sing and be emotive. And they did it, you know, it made them into angels, and mm. I was thrilled with that. And uh, your recording with Tenebrae is obviously in four parts, but I believe that was just the boys, wasn't it? Or the children, sorry. The original, yes. The, the performance at St Paul's was upper voices only, mixed upper voices. And then at the same time, I arranged it for SATB. So um, it's, it's useful in choir terms because it gives it some flexibility in terms of different choirs that can do it. Lovely. And we're going to close now by hearing that Tenebrae recording of The Call of Wisdom. Will, thanks very much. Thank you.
thank you for downloading the Signum Records podcast. So, for a chance to win a copy of my recent album with Tenebrae, Looks at Veritas, you just need to um, answer the following question. Where will I be flying later this year to watch the England cricket team play cricket? And if you haven't answered that question and you want to be in with a chance of winning a copy of the CD, you need to email the answer to podcast at signumrecords.com. For more information on the recordings from Signum Records, visit signumrecords.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Spotify or follow us on Twitter at Signum Records.